Hello and welcome to the Average G.I. Joe podcast, a podcast where I talk to veterans and we talk about our experiences in our the military life. Um, my next guest is actually a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine from my hometown. I've known him for for <laughs> too long to remember. Uh, I'd like to introduce my friend, Aural. Hey, what's going on, Aural? Hey, what's going on? So you're actually, we've been friends since the beginning of high school. Can I tell the story about you about kind of the first time we met oh yeah <laughs> it was um it was a freshman year of high school and we took summer school classes for whatever reason we took summer, uh, summer school prior to uh, the freshman year start and i think it was like a history class or something do you remember history class do you know the teacher no i'll continue no. maybe it'll ring a bell and we had to do a project and I feel like it was either the project was on India and we had to, we could choose partners. And uh, if I could just explain us really quickly, we're, we're both similar in the sense that we're like super shy, super introverted. We didn't really go out of our way to make friends, right? Yeah, no, I was pretty shy. Yeah, so, so, we part, so we partnered up for this project and it was like on India or something and then we divided up the work and we went our separate ways. And I, I guess the plan was just to bring it all together when we had to present the project. And the day we, um, the day we, were, we presented the project, you came in with like this one 164 scale model of the Taj Mahal. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. And then when you came in with this <laughs> scale model of the Taj Mahal, I was like, I did not put any work. <laughs> I did not do my fair share of the work. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. <laughs> so I just wanted, I just wanted, that was pretty much the first time we met. I, uh, I don't, I should have took pictures back then, but I, I think I, I spent a lot of time on that thing. <laughs> it was super impressive. What was it, just made out of like cardboard or? Or what do you remember? Uh, I think it was just it was just cardboard, and I think it was mostly mostly cardboard. I know, you, but you you embarrass me, and I just no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to. I think I was just so 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 into um like building stuff when I was that age. Okay, like making well, little models. Well, that artistic side of you has fully evolved into your adult lifestyle i could i would like i'd say oh yeah well, it has. <laughs> um so um when i talk to veterans i like to start the the, the discussion at the at the very beginning when the and most people make their decision makings in high school so i like to start there but before i ask you about basically our childhood since i knew what you went through pretty much uh, i just want to ask is there a military history in your family uh, my dad uh, was in the Air Force for 10 years, and uh, he, he, uh, he left, uh, I think, on a med medical discharge. Okay. Uh, and he, he left as an E-5. Okay. And it was, I think he was working with uh, cargo, cargo planes. Okay. Just dropping off cargo over, um, over the Philippines. Awesome. Um, and let me ask you this. How much does your your immediate family know about your military career? My immediate family, yeah. um, they actually don't. Uh, they don't really 
know much about it because uh, they I only saw during that whole time they probably only saw me like three or four times. Yeah, over the six years, and and I don't think they're really uh, interested too much of what I did because I mean to them it's just like oh you you're in the a, Do you think it's an interest level or do you think they don't really know what to ask? Um, I think it's both. Yeah, uh, the interest level is. It's because I, I, it's just a whole different world. So I don't think they, um, they kind of understood military life or what um, entailed. But my dad, he was in a different, he went through a different area. I mean, era in the military. And when, when he learned that I joined, he was kind of like, no, you shouldn't join because yeah. uh, he grew up when, uh, I mean, he was in when it was mostly like, he said there were a lot of racists. Yeah. Uh, people in there and then so he didn't want me to join for that reason so oh, okay but yeah they don't they don't really know how to ask yeah. me about my life and like the same with my family like I, I they don't really know too much about my my military career my naval career mm -hmm. and I think part of it is like they don't know what to ask you know yeah um can you tell everybody what your job was in the navy and how long did you serve uh when I when I joined Navy, uh, I went through uh, A school, C school. A school, I went through what uh, was it called? Tech Corps, second like electronic school, and then they sent me to uh, to my specialty school, uh, radars. It's Spy One Delta Victor Radar School. Very specific. It's just a radar for um, uh, destroyers. And uh, I served for six years. Uh, and it was stationed on the, the USS NHTSA. Six yeah. years, you said? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and, you're, um, and you're a fire controlman, just like me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Except for that I was on the weapon side, where you were on the radar side, or the yeah. combat system side. This is kind of cool, because I don't, I, I don't really talk about my, obviously, myself on the podcast, but since we come from the same town, can you explain everybody where you're from and what the town was like? Uh, well, we came from a really small town, uh, Reedley. Uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty small. Like the high school, you pretty much know, pretty much know everyone. I mean, for me, I was a shy kid, so yeah. I didn't really actually interact with people. But a lot of people knew me because I was a shy kid. Yeah. Uh, and most of my friends were in Reedley or from Orange Cove, and and Orange Cove is even smaller. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I made friends from there. And I think there was about four or five of us. We joined at the same time. Yeah. Um, it was like Federico, uh, you, Lydia, yeah. Fabian. There you go. Yeah. And I think someone else. I don't remember. Yeah. But, uh, we just all, I think, I think we were just more. Or like we 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 gotta leave town. We gotta <laughs> <laughs> we gotta see the world. And I guess uh, NJ ROTC kind of NJ ROTC kind of helped with um, that. Yeah, I, I want to get into that a little bit more, a little in a little bit. But um, <laughs> can you just describe yourself? How you were in high school? Any activities or hobbies you were into? In high school, let me think. Uh, it was mostly in high school. It was mostly. Um, ROTC in there. I think I joined maybe my sophomore or junior year. 
And outside outside high school, I was just into uh, was oh yeah karate. Uh, so it's basically karate and oh, ROTC right. was was just my life in high school. Do you still do so, martial arts? No, I stopped after I left yeah. the Navy. I wish I did because I was already up for a second degree black belt. Yeah. I just and I only had to do like one more year, but it's like eh, whatever. <laughs> I, I kind of regret it. Ran its course. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when, you know, growing up, you always, you know, starting in grade school, they always ask you what you want to be when you grow up. Mm-hmm. Now we're in high school and you're at that point where you got to start making decisions about your future. If they were to ask you what you wanted to be when you grew up in high school, what was your answer? Oh, in high school, I think. I know when I was little, I, for some reason, I wanted to be an architect. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, I think because my dad was used to draw a lot uh-huh. um but in high school oh and i also wanted to be an air force pilot i think it's because my dad okay and but in high school uh i don't really know what i wanted to be i think that's why i joined the yeah. navy because it was more like i don't want to go to college right now <laughs> or i don't know what i'm going to do after high school and then when um when i got into rotc i started learning more about the navy and stuff and I think that's how it, that's, and I think oh, um, do you remember Miss Gonzalez? Yes, Miss Gonzalez, uh, one of my uh, avid teachers. She she was all for it. Like she either wanted you, she wanted me to do something with my life. So it was either college or the military. And um, I told her I wanted to go to the military, and she kind of she was very supportive about that. Oh. And so I think that that kind of helped me push. Uh, Kind of helped me go 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 navy, I guess. What was it about college that you you didn't want to give up? Because you're pretty much a academic. I feel like you were in high school, but what was it about college? Like you're one of the top students. I, I would. Yeah, I was actually. I did. I did really well in high school. Um, I don't know why. I think. I think I didn't want to go college as I. Because like I felt like. Maybe I was trying too hard in high school, and I just kind of got tired of it. Burnt out. Yeah, I think I was more burnt out. Like I, and I, I at that time I think I was very indecisive. Person, so I didn't know. Like oh, I don't want to spend. I don't want to go to college because I don't know where I want to go. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spend all this money and put all this, have my my parents pay for it, and then, and then when I heard about like the Navy could help you with college, I was yeah. like, oh. I think I'll, I'll just go college later on. <laughs> and so, like, why not just go see the world first and come back? I don't think uh, I've ever asked you why you joined the, the Navy. Why I joined the Navy? <laughs> so, like, so I'm super stoked for this 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 session. So, I, once again, I appreciate you for jumping on with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when did you realistically start thinking about the military? Oh, uh, I think it was when it, I think maybe the last year of ROTC. So my senior year in high school is when uh, the recruiter. Uh, I I don't remember how I met him, but he came on campus. Yeah. Um, and he he guys he, he just kind of reeled me in. So <laughs> I think that point is when I I decided I want to go to the Navy because he was telling me about you know you gotta see the world you gotta 
you know, be stuck in this little town, basically. Yeah. And and I think I was already, and with me being indecisive, I was like, oh, well, I think that's pretty cool. I get money for college. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll see the world. And so that kind of pushed me to go to the Navy. Uh, did you consider any other branches at all? Um, I thought about the Air Force, but uh, I didn't want to go to the same branch as my dad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to try something different. Uh, and the other branches didn't seem um, interesting to me at that point because I was already in, ROT- in Navy ROTC. Yeah. So I was already familiar with all the procedures and all that stuff. So I know you, you kind of went over a little bit. Can you tell me how your family reacted when you told them? you're you're joining the navy oh that was that was bad um i remember when i went back and told them i i signed i signed up they they were pretty uh, upset um I, surprisingly i thought my i thought my mom would get mad at me yeah but it was my dad that got mad at me i thought he would be more supportive yeah because you know, he is the military guy yeah and he was like he didn't talk to me and like he didn't he was like no don't go and my mom was kind of like upset too because I was gonna leave, but she didn't say much. Um, but I know they were both upset because they didn't want me to go. Cause like it's just me and my sister. Yeah. And my sister at the time was only sixteen. I was eighteen. And I guess she was <laughs> she was a little troublemaker too. Yeah. Uh, at that time, so maybe she it was just too much for like me, like the the academic the straight A student to go <laughs> leave and then. Get stuck with not stuck but they you know they have to uh watch over my sister because my sister was pretty bad <laughs> oh man uh so how much what was your depth time how much time did you spend between you know talking to the recruiter and then actually leaving for boot camp Ooh, i think it was under a year probably eight months or six months uh-huh. um yeah it was that senior year and uh yeah, at the same time when the, the recruiter got uh, started talking to me. Because I left in July of that year, of two. And just to uh, compare and contrast a little bit, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was the first one to sign the papers to go to the Navy. And oh, I, yeah, did that, did. I did that super early. And then I was in the same boat where I, uh, college wasn't for me. Like, I knew, like, if I could go through life without going to college, I was going that route. It wasn't even like a... I'll go to the Navy and then I'll try college as like, I'm just going to try to stay away from school for as long as possible. <laughs> and like we said, uh, Reedley is one of those black hole towns that if you don't get out, get away, you're kind of do, you're kind of stuck there doing the same thing as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to boot camp, so say we graduated, we graduated high school in early June, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I left, the first or second week of July, but you took a little bit longer to go to boot camp. Any reason why? Oh, uh, I think I think I just was scared. I was delaying it uh-huh. for a little bit because um, I wanted. I I don't think I wanted us to leave. Yeah. Uh, and then I think at the oh yeah at that at that time I had a girlfriend, and so I, I was kind of delaying it. Oh. Uh, but you know. I mean, I can't really delay it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't really delay it anymore. And I and uh, yeah, that's why I kind of that's that's why I left later. Um, I know. So we know that uh, your dad was obviously in the Air Force. Did you have any preconceptions about military or boot camp life? 
Did did you mm. dad, did you ever talk get that those kind of talks with your dad or did you have no. what kind of preconceptions did you have? See, that's that's the thing. Like my dad didn't talk to me about it once he yeah. found out I was going to the military. Um, he said like everything was gonna be bad, don't go. Um, so he didn't really talk to me about boot camp or yeah. what to expect. So I was just kind of going off what my recruiter was telling me and, and whatever um, the ROTC the RTC instructors instructors were telling me. And I mean, of course, they're gonna say good things about good it. Things, yeah. Uh, did you get any advice before you went to boot camp? Advice. Mm, I probably did get from like the ROTC instructors. Yeah. Um, but that's the only that's the only advice they gave me was you know, I think they were just telling me to just be be sharp and just uh just just pay attention basically <laughs> pay attention to detail um but i don't remember any specific yeah. advice they gave me i think the common one is like like don't stand out and do exactly what you're told yeah yeah that's what they basically were telling me so i like to talk about um the very first day of going to boot camp because all, after all these years it's still like super vivid in my my mind like I remember taking the plane to Chicago. I remember taking the oh, bus yeah. to to um, Great Lakes. I remember like the the low murmur of people talking amongst themselves on the bus, and then you feel like all that like nervous tension in the air. Uh, do you remember your first day of going to boot camp? Um, the first day I went to boot yeah, camp. Yeah, like the first day, like traveling. Like, what kind of feelings were you? Were you nervous? Were you like like? Or are you trying to like well, look for ways out of there? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it was all a blur. The the yeah. earliest memory I re remember is when I'm leaving my like when the recruiter picked me up from my house. Yeah, that was, I think that was the part where I was like, oh, this is this is this is it. And then and you I, blacked out. <laughs> yeah, basically, I think I. Like I went back inside. I don't. My dad didn't even weigh me off. Like he went to his room. I never. Oh, he no. never weighed me off. It was pretty bad. And my mom's the one that like, no, she was crying obviously. And yeah. my sister never seen her cry in my life. She actually was crying. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen her cry. I've only seen her cry twice. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time I ever saw her cry, like for me, like cry for me. And she was crying, and I. And that kind of hit me. I was like, "Oh shoot! Like this, I'm actually leaving." And the recruiter's out there in his car. Yeah. And then um, that was the that's the strongest memory I remember. And I got in that car, and that was a long drive. <laughs> like to Hanford, is it Hanford or Lamore? Hanford or Lamore? I forget. Yeah. But, uh, it was like 45 minutes just sitting there. I I was mostly quiet because I was just staring out into the. I think I was just staring out into the, you know, the fields and just, yeah. I'm just thinking to myself, like, like am I going to see this place again? Is yeah. this, this is weird. Where am I going to go? And then from there, I, all I remember is the hotel briefly, because I just went to sleep. I just, I think I just went straight to, to bed, woke yeah. up. And then I remember the, just little parts of the bus, yeah, the bus ride. And then, when I finally got to the bus, I wasn't I wasn't prepared when they started yelling. <laughs> when you get off the bus, yeah. that's, that's when I was like, "Oh, I'm in, I'm in boot camp." Yeah. And uh, 
And then when they shaved my head, I was like, whoa, I didn't know this. I wasn't prepared for getting my head shaved. Uh, and I think that's, that's pretty much, I, yeah. that's pretty much what I remember the first day is getting my, my hair shaved and getting yelled at a lot and just kind of scared. I, I, I knew I was scared because I didn't know, I didn't know anybody. Yeah. I was like in, I've never been out of California. I don't think in the, in the U S I mean, I've been to Hawaii because I was, I've been there before, but like besides California, I've never been out. And I mean, I'm in Illinois, and there's, I don't know anyone. And I was wondering where you were at. You know, where, yeah. I knew if, I think Federico. Yeah, I think Federico was a week into, in, into boot camp. Yeah, I don't know where Lydia was or Fabian was at. I was just like, I hope I see them during boot camp because I don't know anybody at all. I think we did. I think we were like we would go to Sunday mass, and I think a couple of times. I think I saw you there. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, and then Fabian was actually in my division, so that was a did that was just coincidence or no? Oh, well, probably probably. Or did they like kind of group it by? No, I, just a coincidence, I guess. Oh, okay. I'm, I need to talk to him. How did he? <laughs> we didn't travel the same day. You guys did you? But or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just imagining things. <laughs> Um, how was your overall boot camp experience, physically and mentally? Physically, not so, not so physical. Cause I thought, to me, I thought um, it was gonna be a lot tougher. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I was just like thinking it's gonna be like army boot camp or like marine boot camp. Yeah. Or just having you do like hundreds of pull-ups or thousands of push-ups. But it was, it was more about paying. It was more of a mental game. Yeah. They were just you just have to pay attention to everything you have to uh every detail they would just yell yell at you if you were like off by a little so i think they're just kind of weed people out that way yeah um because physically it wasn't hard it was it was more mental but mentally you were all no it was pretty much a breeze for me like i just did what i was told and i just eventually i got to the end was it the same for you yeah i mean for me, it wasn't hard to like listen or follow directions because I was I was already a kind of detail oriented guy. That's true. And so it wasn't it was I was just more afraid of like maybe I was more afraid of just like getting oh that was the biggest thing I was afraid of was passing the swim test. Okay, same with me. Because that yeah, that was my biggest fear because I failed it like twice. Did you? Like, yeah, two. Yeah, twice. Cause I thought I was gonna get kicked out of boot camp. I'm like, what am I gonna do after boot? I mean, oh, no, I they keep out, you what am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah. So I, I was. That was my biggest fear because at that time I didn't know how to swim, and uh, I think you had to float for like two minutes. Yeah. That's what I was struggling with. I couldn't <laughs> float for two minutes. Uh, and and uh, even though they gave you like that where, where the coveralls to help you float yeah i kind of figured that out so i was just like <laughs> like struggling um but after a few times we kind of like ah you passed <laughs> <laughs> and once was that over once that was over i was like oh everything's uh, smooth sailing from there that's and that's hilarious so as i'm doing these like sessions with you know former sailors and veterans, uh, I, I'm starting to come up with like these things that I call uh, sailor experiences where like, they're kind of like, you know, you're a sailor if dot, dot, dot. 
Mm-hmm. And so like sailor experience number one is the uh, the switch from the recruit ball cap to the Navy ball cap. Now, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, so I like to compare yourself to me because we're similar in, in a lot of ways. And like, I'm sure you can agree that if you we were to go back to Reedley and you were to ask and insert either my name or your name, like would did, would you ever think not only would they join the military, but would they leave town and do all this stuff? Most people would say no. And so the fact that we were able to leave that small town, our introverted selves leave that small town and go through this fucking military boot camp and make it to the end, uh, that that ball cap graduation ceremony was super like emotional for me. Was it for you? Uh, I think everything was emotional for me. (laughs) (laughs) I think just being, you know, maybe I think a part of me was felt like I had to prove that, like, you know, I was, I mean, I was shy in high school. I got to prove that, like, I could uh, be a little tougher, like, out on my own. Um, So anything, I think anything I did in, in boot camp, uh was helped me uh become i think the person i am today yeah uh and so i I think i treated every little accomplishment uh was i i I just thought i don't i don't really remember the the actual ceremony (laughs) because again i think i was just trying to get to the end yeah but i i think i I was pretty much uh, proud of myself at the end because uh, the biggest when my when my family came to the for graduation, mm-hmm. I think that's when I was like, oh, like I like I made I made it I finished like I made, I made it through because I was writing letters to them and the, my girlfriend at the time telling them how like I was struggling, but you know, hey, I I. I accomplished this or yeah. oh, we finally this this week and I probably talked about the 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 ball cap thing in one of the letters. I still actually have all the letters. Oh nice. Like, I think I have letters from me. I think I have a couple letters from you, right? That you sent. Um I have all my navy letters in like a little shoebox <laughs> in my, <laughs> my room right now. Yeah. And I probably talked about like how how uh I was happy accomplishing um, every little thing I did in boot camp. You said your parents went to your graduation. Yeah, they did. Um, it was, it was my mom, dad, and my girlfriend at the time. Uh, and what was the reaction from your parents? My parents, I, I think they were they were proud. Um, I think I think they were. I think they were just scared for me. Yeah. Because I mean I'm like their their son and their oldest son and their. I think they were afraid that I wasn't I wasn't gonna make it out there, or maybe yeah. like afraid that I was gonna hurt myself or something like that. Cause like, yeah. my mom, I, like always, I guess I'm like a mama's mama's boy, <laughs> so she was probably like worried about me the whole time. And I think I think I was trying to prove to my dad that like like. I'm tough enough to be in the military or like yeah military is not so bad as it used to be like the way he experienced it before yeah it's not the same type of environment mm-hmm. 
Um, well, let me ask you this. Now that you, you did your six years, and I don't know if you've, you've had a chance to talk about it with your dad, but like it's so you made it six years with, with, with no tragedies. You had, a, you had a successful, good career. Did your parents feel uh, opinion or about your naval career change at all, or have you talked about it? Uh, I think we talked about it a few times. I think I don't think they were still a hundred percent supportive about me being in there. Yeah. Um. Uh. Because they were talking about like, oh yeah, you need to get out. <laughs> you know, you need yeah. to come back home. Um. So like during those six years, like I said, I only saw them a few times. Yeah. Well, six years. What I'm curious is like, that's understandable from a parent is like they're like, ah, I don't want you to join the Navy. And then every year that you're in the Navy, they're worried that something could happen or whatnot, and they just want you home and safe. But you made it to the six years without anything, any problems. No, you, you had a good military career, a solid six years, and you made it back home safe. There's no, did they ever go back and say, like, you know what, I'm glad you did it? Uh -huh. No, we never actually <laughs> talked about it. Yeah, no, not at all. I was just glad I was home. Um, they never, they never really talked. They never, never really talked about it. Um, and like surprisingly, my 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 dad actually was probably like he should. <laughs> you know, he, uh, I don't I don't want to be like a stereotype, but like Asian parents were like, yeah. you should have went to college <laughs> instead of wasting your time in the military. <laughs> But I think I I wanted to be in the military because I wanted to be like be on my own. You know? Yeah. Uh, not rely on my parents. Yeah. And yeah, I think even to to this day, I think they they probably thought it was a a waste of time. Yeah. Still. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, and I just asked that because I come from a, a super uh, traditional. Mexican family and my mm. mom was a single mother with six kids we have yeah, zero yeah. we have zero absolutely zero military uh heritage in my family and I'm still the only one from my immediate family that to ever do the service so my mom was definitely worried about me you know no one has ever left the state at this time mm. and here I am joining the military and I'm sure like every year that I was in the military she was worried about me but I made it out safely and I think my mom would be like all right you made a good decision I think I could trust you now <laughs> but those first couple of years I'm sure she was worried mm -hmm. um I like to ask this do you remember your first meal outside of boot camp oh my first meal yeah uh... maybe after the graduation when they give you the liberty call I, I'm just curious oh my I probably it was probably like, what's it called, Gurney Mall or something? Gurney Mills. I remember, oh, Gurney Mills. Yeah, yeah. Gurney Mills. Well, like, I think it's because I remember going with my uh, one of my parents and my girlfriend that time to Gurney Mills yeah. to eat. But it was some probably something from the from there. That was <laughs> my first meal. I think um, I was just more happy to see them. <laughs> yeah, I've done a handful of um, a handful of these interviews and I always tell everybody that mine was the Rainforest Cafe at Gurney Mills. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think we went to like some, one of the, uh, the food court area. Yeah. Oh. I'm trying to picture, you probably got some like Panda Express or something. 
<laughs> I don't I think I think I got whatever, you know, was out there because what's better than the food in the boot camp? <laughs> <laughs> um did you have your orders lined up as far as like you knew where you're going next? Um my orders. Yeah, it was pretty much yeah, when I got my orders, it was just like, oh, I'm still going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to transfer somewhere, but uh, it sent me to, um, I forget where, Great, somewhere in Great Lakes. Um, so in the same area. So yeah. I, I I thought I was going to go somewhere else, but yeah. I ended up staying there for a few more months. You went to uh, um, the Advanced Electrical Training Corps? Yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah. And did you know you were going to be an FC, or did you get the choice like I did between FC and ET, or did you know you were going to be FC? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they gave us a choice, ET or FC. And I think I went FC because it's a sound – I think people were tell, like, telling me, like, oh, it's cool. this is the cooler rate. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I fell into that, that peer pressure, like – yeah, people, I think people from, yeah, is it AETC, I forget? Yeah. Um, the people there, uh, they kind of, I think they kind of convinced me to go FC. Uh, I, I kind of see, I kind of saw like the FCs were being cool, like they were cooler. Not not now already on ETs, because I had, I had ET friends too. Yeah. But to me, they sounded too nerdy. I think I guess it reminded me of my, my nerdy days in high school. And I was like, ah, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a nerd. <laughs> This is a, a new chapter in my life. I want to do things differently. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to try to do a one eighty. That was, that's hilarious. I've only I've mentioned it a few times in some of my podcasts, but I I also mentioned that I also got the choice between FC and ET, and I was I tell everybody that I saw all the nerds going to the ET, and all the cool kids were going to FC, so I went FC. <laughs> How was your the training experience for you? Uh, in school yeah cool um so after that tech tech core i went to uh i sent me to new jersey for my c school uh-huh. for uh to from the radar uh radar school and that was kind of different because it was basically like shore duty for six more months yeah uh over in new jersey and i was kind of like oh i haven't been on a ship yet like it's almost like maybe like almost a year and I haven't seen a ship. Yeah. So, uh, during that, I mean, it was just like a small group of us, maybe like five of us went to sea school in New Jersey. And I think I was just trying to figure out like what was coming up next for me. Cause I don't, I don't think we had our orders yet for our ship. Oh, at what, that kind time. Of, what kind of things were you hearing about fleet life? So up to this point, you just been doing boot camp, which is just getting you ready for the military life and then training. You're just trying to learn your job. What kind of like things were you hearing about fleet life? Were you excited for it? Were you nervous about it? Um, in the group that was in with C school, um, at that time I was a, uh, I think I was an S, uh, E three at that time, E three, yeah, E three at that time. Or no, I was an E4. E4, and there was a couple uh, students there from different ships, and they were like E5 and E, uh, E6 in there. And they, I think they were telling more about the ship life. And there, there, there was, I remember this E6 was always telling us these crazy, crazy <laughs> ship story life in, in class. And we were like, oh, that's cool. And um, I think that was our only view into fleet yeah. life 
from from what the, their stories and their their stories sounded pretty fun, funny, and it it seemed kind of fun, uh, but not not I wouldn't know until I found out like, probably like a probably a month before I left when I got my orders to uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah. Were you excited? Was it making you excited to get out there, or were you like trying to m- like make this Kate fucking training on store <laughs> last as long as possible? I think I was. I think I was kind of like getting a little lazy at that point. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I'm because they get they gave us like townhouses. Yeah. They pay for it. Townhouses. Um, they're giving us uh extra money just to stay there, just go to school. And so people, the the cohort I was with, they would just play like Halo. Yeah. Or they got me playing the Halo when Xbox was coming out. So I was just playing Halo or you know video games online. And so I I think I was kind of like, oh man, I gotta go to a ship right now. Um, like I just want to point out that if, if you want to join the Navy, go fire controlman because you it's like a super prestigious rate. You you work on the coolest shit. You have the the badass training. Uh, when I was going through sea school, for the first couple of months, they had me living on the ocean front of Virginia Beach. Oh. I was in a hotel oh. on the ocean front in Virginia Beach while I was going through sea school. I was trying to make my training last for as long <laughs> yeah. as possible. I was not trying to go to. <laughs> when did you know what ship you were going to? When did I know? Um, did you pick those orders in C school or? Oh yeah, there... we thought in C school. I think we all thought we were gonna go to different ships because yeah. there were like five of us. But they, we ended up all on the same ship. Oh, like, <laughs> like oh, all of you are going to sign this this new ship, this brand new ship, and we're like a brand new ship. Yeah, it's not even commissioned yet. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, where's the ship at? Oh, it's like in Norfolk, but it's in Dry Dock. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, we're on a ship that hasn't even been on water yet. So when they, when I, when I got sent there, they put us back into a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so for for the next, I think for the next year and a half. What year, the heck? Year, yeah, I was still on shore duty. Yeah, because they they were still building the ship. Yeah. So they they had it in Norfolk for I think for like a year, and then they sailed it to Maine maine to i guess do more work on it so we moved to maine so i was i was in their hotel for like a barracks or hotel up there in maine oh and my god so, so yeah, like all sense of the navy <laughs> yeah yeah for the first two two three years oh my gosh i wasn't really on the ship at all <laughs> i mean i was on the ship but i was in a hotel like because my ship was being built yeah so did you ever make a dream sheet in in sea school a what? A dream sheet. Like, oh, a dream sheet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I thought. Uh, what was on your dream sheet? I all of it was West Coast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> West Coast, like either Hawaii or you know, um, San Diego, because I was stuck on the East Coast for my whole naval career. Yeah. Cause, oh, uh, so I, I did. Move... I did ten years in Norfolk. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but. <laughs> Like I, I kind of didn't like. Uh, I didn't like the weather. I mostly didn't like the weather. East yeah. Coast. So that was kind of like I don't want to go back to the West Coast where 
when it's more stable. Yeah. And that was my my thing. And yeah, that was my dream sheet. But like when the orders came in for uh what ship I was gonna or what what I was gonna do, they had like you know, we had Sea Wiz in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, the the radar in Norfolk. Okay. And, uh, I think it was like something with I forget. It was something else on the ship. Maybe it was another another uh combat systems uh weapon. No tomahawk orders? Oh yeah, there was a tomahawk order. Yeah, were, were those San Diego. Were those coveted? What's that? Were the were tomahawk coveted? orders coveted like everybody wanted them or oh yeah everyone wanted that <laughs> but at the, i think the they they flipped that flipped it out flipped that yeah they flipped it on us and said like oh all those orders aren't they're failed or something like that and it was just the radar uh radar uh <laughs> radar thing in nor uh norfolk virginia so like ah oh, what the heck so we didn't really have a dream sheet it was just like <laughs> you're all going there <laughs> And I, I just want to explain really quickly for the people that don't know what I'm what we're talking about. A dream sheet. Uh, generally, you, you you go to boot camp and then you go to through your you go to training for your job. And towards the end, of the training for your job um, is when you pick orders to which ship you're gonna go to. Essentially, and they pretend like they care about you and they ask you like, <laughs> what if you had a pref your your three preferences of where you'd like to be stationed. And every most the popular choices are like San Diego, Hawaii, or maybe Florida is number three. Oh yeah. And so Florida. they take those, they take your dream sheet of where you want to go, and then they ball it up and throw in the trash, <laughs> and they send you to Norfolk. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, they did that. They just threw that, threw that all all away. Saying, like, "Oh, you're just going to Norfolk. Sorry, no Hawaii or San Diego." And so, um, oh man, you're. So I have this this super loose structure of questions that I like to ask people, and so and you're you're like starting to screw me up. Uh, so you got orders <laughs> to the Oscar Austin Oscar Austin. Uh, what was the whole number? Oh, my ship. Yeah. Oh, it was it was USS Nitsa. Oh, you went to the Nitsa? Yeah, what I went to I the think Nitsa. Oscar Austin. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. So you went to the Nitsa. What was the whole number of that? Uh, DDG 94. 94, and which was a pre-commissioned ship, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, I guess, tell me about what was it like checking onto a ship that wasn't built yet? What was it um, like, like? Life? Yeah. Uh, right there. Um, it was a lot of, it was just like a lot of training. Yeah. Because. What type we, of training? And mostly just for my, my rate and uh, just like. I guess, yeah, it was mostly just my rating, because um, we can't we couldn't really board the ship because they had ship yeah. shipyard workers working on it all the time. But when it started getting when the ship started getting uh finished, we started to board board it. Yeah, and then we started learning more about the the ship and trying to learning about you know the different roles. <laughs> so what? What was your mindset at this point? So at this point, you've gone through boot camp to get you ready for the military. Then you went to your training to uh, to get you ready for your job, and then you're on this this ship that ha- that's not even ready to go out to sea. Like, where where were you at mentally? Like, were you like, this isn't 
the Navy life, I wanted to experience the Navy life, or were you like, I've been coasting this long, like, uh, drag this out for as long as possible? I was hoping to coast it out yeah. for all six years, um, but I think the captain at the time was kind of speeding it up. It's like, he was like a gung-ho, like, we gotta go to sea, and, yeah. uh, and I, I, yeah, I was really trying to just coast it out, because, like, the first... <laughs> Three four years, I was shore duty basically. Yeah. The only real real sea duty was my last two years when yeah. the ship was finally built. So, um, so you're the plank owner then? Yeah. Can you explain to everybody what a plank owner is? Uh, plank owner is basically um just like the first crew that's that commissions the ship. So it's like a big it's a big it's a big deal to uh to be on a brand new ship because like I mean you're the first people to be ever be on there yeah. and uh, they have a huge ceremony and you have to keep everything clean because yeah. you know you got all of these officer these you know people from high up just wants to visit the ship and they want to so it, it was a lot of cleaning <laughs> like that first year I was on that ship it was basically like clean everything because we want to look. We're we're brand new to the fleet. We gotta look uh, look the best. Did you? Did it make you want to throw up cleaning all the time? Cleaning, oh yeah, it was. Oh. That's that was my that was my on the job training for the next two years. Was so how to my, clean this? My second deployment was like a like a diplomatic tour where we we hit all the Mediterranean, all these European countries we were never out to sea for for more than three days on this six-month cruise mm -hmm. and it's because we were it was like a show-off tour where we were hosting a lot of dignitaries and all these people from all these countries and man we had to clean and paint every oh. fucking day yeah and i was never so pissed off in my entire life like we just who cares about everything just make sure the the ship had a new, you know, coat of paint. Oh, yeah. For the two, two or three days we were out to sea, we were just painting and cleaning and sweeping to make it look nice for the next country. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of I kind of know what the pain you went through with that one. <laughs> uh, so when did it get commissioned? Mm, I think 2000. Oh, actually, I have my plank owner thing right here. Let me look at the, the exact date. <laughs> yeah, I, I hang it up. It's uh says plank owner April two thousand four in Bath, Maine. Two thousand four. Yeah. Um. So so at this point, I usually like to mention sailor experience number two. And what this experience is stepping on the ship for the first time, and <laughs> smelling it. Do you remember what a, a Navy ship smells like? Do I remember? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I remember it. Like, when I see, like, movies now, yeah. or, like, anything that deals with the Navy, yeah. I, it just gives me flashbacks, and I feel like I'm in there. In the... In the pew. <laughs> right? like, yeah, the pew. I remember there was one, that, I forget one movie. It was, like, a series, and it was talking about a destroyer, and I was like, whoa, I know everything that is, like, all the... 
all the yeah. hallways, everything that's in the destroyer. And I would say, like, like why are you going? Like, why are you going that way? You're supposed to. Okay. <laughs> that was the exact replica of it, so yeah. it kind of brought memories. Um, so I, I still, to, to this day, I still kind of remember. Yeah, like I think like the navy, the ship smell is like one of the most un- unforgettable things. Like I bet you, like if you were to step on board the ship and you were to smell the air, like you'd be like, yeah, this is a fucking ship. Um. Can you tell me about the first time experiencing going out to sea? It doesn't have to be for deployment, just your first time being out in the mm. ocean, doing sailor stuff. Um, I think for the first six months after Maine. Oh no, when we left Maine, that was like that was our first time actually Yeah. Going out to sea. Yeah. Because we had, we were gonna sail it back to Norfolk. Did it feel yeah. like like now I'm a sailor? <laughs> Yeah, basically, because I was just <laughs> like four years into it. I'm like, they had me. I think everyone does it, you know, um, mooring the lines and stuff like that. So that was yeah. the first experience really with uh, going out to sea when, when I left Maine to Norfolk. And then from there, I did, we did like little trips up until our big deployment, yeah. like a day or two or three days, how, how for, like a few handle, months. How did you handle the? being out on the ocean that's that's the one of the deciding factors why i left the military okay i was like why did i pick the navy i should have joined the air force or something else i find out i find out that was the biggest thing that yeah for real because i find i found out that i got seasick every single time we went out the the man i just Dramamine I always it consumed the whole time. Oh my gosh. I I had so many dramamines. Like I couldn't handle the ship moving. And you know, being Everybody. on land for four years <laughs> didn't help out. I didn't have my sea legs. I thought I would get my sea legs. I barely got my sea legs like towards the end of deployment. <laughs> and that was my last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, can you can you tell me really quickly what the day in the life of a fire controlman for you were, was? Oh, it's kind of like Groundhog's Day, that movie. Yeah. It's just the same thing every day. Uh, for me, it was, again, for a radar team or radar crew, it was only like four or five of us. And we would just rotate, rotate watches uh, and... To watch the uh, to watch the radar screen in combat, uh-huh. and uh, basically, yeah, that was the like you. I we I would work on the radar if there was maintenance, um, and then when I wasn't working on the maintenance, we we we'd be either like watching TV or playing games <laughs> in the <laughs> radar room, um, or cleaning. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my day daily cleaning, working on the radar, or playing, watching TV. Just, <laughs> and then the occasional getting puking and getting sick. <laughs> can, you, can you tell me about uh, your first deployment, like kind of like your expectations versus reality? Uh, for deployment, I was kind of excited for deployment. Uh-huh. I mean, even though I didn't have my sea legs or anything like that, I, I wanted to see other countries. Yeah. So that was that was actually the 
that was like that was one of the reasons I joined the Navy to see other countries. Okay. And I was finally got to I at first we were going down like to Florida or like Alabama. In the first part of the deployment, yeah. went to um yeah, Alabama, Florida, down there, and then we started to go across the Atlantic to the to the Middle East. But uh-huh. our first stop I think was Spain. Yeah. Spain, then we went to Malta. Um, we went to Norway and England, and then we started going into the uh, the Persian Gulf, where we went to um, what's that called Bahrain, uh-huh. um, and Greece. So we stopped by a few countries the whole time, and I, I like seeing the different countries. It was kind of <laughs> exciting to like, even though if we, I mean, even though we were there there for like a day or two, yeah. it was kind of like whoa this is this kind of opens up my eyes i've never been in the and never been like like out in out in europe yeah and it was exciting um i just besides the you know just doing our, our daily work though those were kind of like the highlights of the deployment what, was your, what were some of your favorite ports mm, i think my favorite one was i like malta and greece yeah. Um, Malta was kind of. Have you been to Malta before? Yeah. Oh no, not Malta. No. No. It was kind of. It was a weird experience because when I went there, it was just like, well, this is a small, a small island, but um, it, it's like it's like beautiful like Greece, and and I like Greece too because I like I've never seen water that clear before in my life <laughs> I'm like whoa this is this this is not like Norfolk waters or Virginia Beach waters this is like super clear and yeah. it's like perfect weather out here um yeah uh and then I think I I, I kind of like Norway too even though it was super cold yeah um I wish I we explored more up into the Europe the European area European area but we ended up towards the end of the plan we were just like by Bahrain and yeah um uh, Saudi, Saudi Arabia and all that stuff uh, the, a typical what you would consider a navy deployment yeah um what was I gonna ask shoot I was gonna ask something but mm. I forgot <laughs> yeah. like I, I I think about it now and I look back on deployments and there's there's a little I take a little bit comfort, especially these days with how crazy the world is now. Like I I I could think I there's isn't there like some sort of comfort you could take from being on deployment where you you knew what was gonna happen every day. You didn't have to worry about stuff like phone bills and rent and stuff oh, like yeah. that. I feel like I could handle a six month deployment better now than I could when I was in my early twenties. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's just you know it's it's a, in the military it's a different world like you don't you don't have to worry about bills you know i mean no i mean not really on deployment yeah, yeah. you just gotta worry about your job and and it's not like out in the civilian world where you have to you know have to worry about like oh i gotta pay this i gotta pay that and i gotta sit in i gotta dr- i gotta yeah like uh, there's something like peaceful looking back on deployments there's something yeah about it like you could get work on yourself a lot actually on deployment if you 
Like, I feel like now I could handle deployments a lot better than when I was 20 and I was like, just fucking pissed off at everything. <laughs> I my, my, think when I would stress, I think when I would stress out, I would actually go out when we're in the middle of the ocean. I yeah. think I would like going outside on, on the decks yeah. and just looking out in the water. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, like, it was, you never get to see that a lot. You're, like, you're in the middle of the ocean. Like, you never really get to yeah. look out into the ocean. I can't, like, <laughs> go, go to my apartment and just, you know, stare at the ocean. It's, I could, I could still feel and smell, like, the salt on everything going out yeah. there. And, like, if you're out there in the summer, how everything just feels, like, muggy and salty. Mm. And everything smells. I could still, I could still picture that. How many deployments did you do? Um, yeah, it was just that one because it was my last, yeah, it was my last year yeah. in the Navy. And I mean, I kind of, I wish I had, we'd done more, <laughs> more deployments, <laughs> but you know, the ship was still being built and my contract was being, a uh, contract was coming to the end. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, I want to bring up, uh, what I think is sailor experience number three, and that's the warfare pin. Did you get your ESWAS? Yes, I did. Uh, like I said, um, there's at this, when I got my ESOS, just to interject myself a little bit, when I got my ESOS, I was like a super, I was super disgruntled, I was the typical disgruntled E4. And then I made E5 and like things started shifting a little bit, my perspective on views. And I was like, man, I should really get my ESOS pen. And that was like one of the hardest things that I worked for. And so I hold that in higher esteem than I did my promotions. How how was the ESWAS experience for you? The ESWAS experience was um, that was a long process. Yeah, I think it, I forget how long it took. It was more than six months for me because uh-huh. like it was hard because our ship was still being built. Yeah, and you're like, I don't understand, you know, what they're asking me because I don't I, I don't see it. Like, because yeah. we're when we're in Maine. We, I think we started our ESWAS stuff, our ESWAS. They gave us this huge book that says, oh, you got to you gotta do all this to get your, learn your, uh, get your pin. And I'm like, oh, man. So they would tell us about it. Like, they would give trainings about it. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm a visual person. I need, I need to see this. Like, and so that was pretty hard at first because I didn't have something to reference to. And yeah. when I started going on the ship, uh, of course, they they kind of required us. Like you have to go down to the engineering space. You got to go, you got to go to every space and learn more about it. And that's when I started learning more, uh, like getting a better idea of it. Yeah. But um, it was just a rough start at the beginning because like I didn't know what I was, what they were talking about. And then I think when I finally got it, I was like, oh wow, this that was that was one of the big accomplishments because yeah. like like most people didn't have it and. Yeah. Like to have that on, like on your uniform is kind of like, oh, like that took a long time to get. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, you know, like. And you had to know a lot of stuff and you had to regurgitate yeah. all that information. Yeah, it was like one of the hardest things that I worked for in the Navy. And I'm, I was super proud when they pinned it on me. Yeah, me too. Is there any other memorable things? you could think about when you look back on your your sea time memorable things um <laughs> most of most of the things that i remember most was probably just when i was <laughs> getting sick <laughs> on there because um i was kind of like homesick too 
Yeah. Because, like, I was already on the East Coast, and then I'm going more, I'm going to the, yeah, I'm going to Europe and going to the Middle East. So, I think during that whole, the whole trip, I was kind of like, kind of like, oh, man, I keep getting away from, from where I want to be. Yeah. And that's what, I think every day I was just thinking about that, like, man, like, do I want to? I don't want to stay. Do I want to stay in? Cause, yeah. um, cause like Navy life is just, it just changes. Like, what you you be you could be at one spot for a, a year. Next year, you're like somewhere else. It just, it was a very unpredictable. So, let l- yeah. let's get into that a little bit. So, so. So you made this decision a long time ago, years ago, that you're going to join the Navy for for the reasons you stated. Was it the plan from the beginning was just to do the the six years and that's it? Was that the very, was that the plan you had since the very beginning or were you more at the beginning, were you more open to the po- other possibilities? Um, I think that, I think the whole plan was just to do the six years. Uh-huh. Um, cause, cause, uh, cause yeah, that's what happened. I I was trying to, I applied for what was it called the GI Bill kicker. Uh huh. So um, I I had plans to go like go back to school. Yeah. And but I didn't know if I was gonna reenlist and still go. I, like at some point I was gonna go back. Yeah. And uh, that made it more solid when uh the last two years when like when I found out, like <laughs> got my sea legs like <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not gonna reenlist. I'm just nah. gonna go back to school. <laughs> and so that's always been my plan, I guess, was to go back. Yeah. Or uh, after my first, or or maybe my second enlistment. But I, you know, I decided like I'll I'll, I'll just finish this first enlistment. When you started seeing, I guess, when you the started field. to see, and you're like, this shit is not healthy for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Did you ever look at orders at all? Like, did you get that far? Or were you out? <clears throat> out? Oh. Um. No, actually, oh, and I remember the last six months I got off the, sh- yeah, last few months I got off the ship for a, a medical procedure. Uh-huh. Uh, it was one. It was on my foot, and at that point I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look any any orders or anything like that. I just wanna, I just wanna get back to school. Um, yeah, and. Like if if orders did come up, because I knew I wasn't gonna get like like West Coast orders or anything like that. <laughs> like it was gonna all be on the East Coast, because I think I remember uh, one of the first classes or one of the departments had saying that there are no there there aren't any orders to the West Coast. Yeah. It's just mostly East Coast orders, and so I kind of like, oh well, I'm just gonna get out now. Uh, all right, I want to get into that a little bit, but um, so typically. For those that don't know, the Navy has what they call a seashore rotation, where you spend X amount of years at sea, and then you get rotated to shore to decompress, basically, for another X amount of years. So you you knew you had shore duty coming. And another thing about the FC rate is that it's such a like a, a high-profile rate that they offer, a lot of the times, they offer bonuses to re-enlist, mm. like yeah. in the four to five digits sometimes yeah so so knowing that you might have had this nice bonus coming along with some shore duty that never interested you at all no uh, 
No, I mean, like all my other uh, co coworkers at that time, or uh, shipmates at that time in my division, they were they were enlisting because they went. Um, they were pretty much set of staying in Norfolk. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, you know, with that re-enlistment bonus, they're kind of like, oh, well, we're definitely yeah. going to stay for yeah. the next en enlistment. But it was more of like, I was getting tired of the East Coast. Yeah. It was like been, being there for six years. Um, I guess East Coast is not my style. It's more <laughs> it's West Coast. Like if, if there were orders yeah. for the West Coast, I probably would have stayed in. Okay. Like, if it was short duty, like you know, somewhere in the west. Yeah. Like, even if it was in like Guam or something, like, I'd be like, oh, well, I'll probably stay for a few more years. Okay. Or four or five years. Well, but it was just all the East Coast. I got you. Um, let me. Can I ask you this? Uh, why were you dead set on getting back to the West Coast? Um, I think it's because most of it was uh, well part of it was the weather <laughs> uh, the other part was uh i just like the vibe on the west coast uh -huh. it's just more chill like even the sailors on that side are just more chill it, it's it felt i felt it felt more uptight like even people are even there from the that came from the west coast to the east coast they always sound yeah. like all these up all these uh <laughs> all these ships are so uptight about everything like I don't know. I just wanted something. I just wanted to just relax. I got you. I, I, I got you. But let me ask you this now. Um, I'm not saying you're an uptight person because you're not, but you, you are like very structured and compartmentalized and, yeah. and specific in your mentality. I guess what I'm trying to ask is how could that lifestyle, how do you, how do you go towards a laid back lifestyle when in your brain, you're you're very detail oriented. Uh, you know it's cause <laughs> it's cause I think I get it from my parents. Uh -huh. Cause my 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 dad's more laid back, but my mom is more structured. She's okay. like so I kind of get the both both sides. Yeah. So like I like being structured, but at the same time, like there's a point there's a point where I get like, man, this is too much. Like yeah. I need to chill or something <laughs> like. Um, like, like, for example, when I'm cleaning, like, my my sister is like a clean freak. Yeah, she's like OCD. Um, but like, I I can't. I mean, I don't. I like cleaning too, but at at, at some point, I'm just like, man, I don't care if it's dirty. Like, <laughs> so there's some, I get both of it. Like, I have yeah. my moods. Like, I'll be really organized. Like, I'll make a Taj Mahal out of cardboard paper. <laughs> Or like I'll do karate and all that stuff, and then I'll go back to something more chill. Like I don't know, uh, maybe like drawing or something. In high school, I would be like draw yeah. or just to chill. It's not very structured. You just get to draw. You're more freestyle, more uh, freeform. Um, so I kind of go back and forth. Yeah. A lot of people think I'm like, oh, you're you're very strict and blah blah blah. And but yeah. I get a lot of people that say like, oh, you're really chill. So that's why I kind of it looks like. <laughs> I go back and forth. Let me ask you this because I'm I'm getting a little bit offended. Not really, but I'm just bullshit offended that because I spent a couple years after the Navy on the East Coast. I've been lived in Washington D.C. for several years, which is super hectic and super high-paced environment. Is there anything about the East Coast that you did like? I actually like New York. <laughs> so I went to New York. Um, uh, I just like. 
I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate the East Coast. Yeah. It was just a, uh, it was just different from the West Coast. Like, I'm not saying like it's uptight or anything, or you know, yeah. they're they're more, uh, you know, I'm not saying they're like snobby or anything like that. I'm not saying yeah. anything about the East Coast. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, it was no, just I, like I, it was just it was just more of, it was just the environment, I guess. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Just the comfort. I, yeah, it's just it's just more comforting me on the East the West Coast. I, 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 I like New York. I like I like seeing the big cities, like the tall cities, and um, I did like I did like Florida when I whenever we went down there. The um, fake California. <laughs> the fake California. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like I didn't mind Virginia Beach. Virginia yeah. Beach was pretty cool. Norfolk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so there, there's some areas that i like yeah uh, like i mean i liked hiking when i was there like i think it was shenandoah park yeah like i would go to shenandoah park or i go climb climb uh i'll go hiking somewhere else yeah uh, it's just like i didn't see myself living there yeah being there for the rest of my life i gotcha so um is is family does that play a large role into it or is that just a bonus? Being- uh, you mean like my immediate family? Yeah. Like going back to family? Yeah. Um, it was a small part of it. Because uh, like, I was pretty much independent that, yeah. at that time. Yeah. So I was kind of like, oh, I could go. I can really go anywhere. Like, I think the reason why I went back to the West Coast is, um, like, again, I think I reached that point where, like, what I'm gonna do with my life? Yeah, because yeah, my list was over. Like, so I think, not, not thinking about it, I think I went back to West Coast. Is if it's because it was familiar, to like me. a safety net. Is that safe to say? Yeah, it was like, well, like yeah. If, if if it didn't, if it, it didn't work out, like you would have family, family right family. there. Yeah. I would have family right there. I got you. I got you. So like, if about, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell me about your plan. Then were you like EAOS? The next day, you're on your way to California, and you're submitting your. Did you go to college? I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Away. Oh, I, actually, Tell me about your yeah. Plan. So. What was your um, plan, and how did you execute it? So when I got off the ship for to get my my foot surgery, yeah, the last couple months. So the last two months, I was just um, I was just applying to different colleges. Yeah. In uh, in the U.S. Um. Where did you apply? Anywhere outside of that wasn't California? Uh, I think maybe Hawaii. Okay. But most of it was in California. Okay. Um, I was applying and I think I I got accepted to a few of them, but I, you know, I just felt I just got I just went straight to Fresno State. <laughs> so um, when I got accepted, I was just right when my my enlistment was over. Yeah. Uh, I actually drove s- straight from Norfolk all the way through because uh, I had an orientation uh-huh. to go to and it, it happened like it was in the next four days after my my EAOS. So it's like a complete change like yeah, like military lifestyle straight to college life in a few days. Yeah. Uh, so I went, I drove, it took me four days yeah. to get there, get back to Fresno to get to my orientation yeah and it was kind of like whoa like I was just in the military like a few days ago and now I'm a civilian that must be <laughs> yeah. nuts 
and I'm like, oh, I mean, college life. This is where I was supposed to like supposed to be like <laughs> a couple of years ago. Yeah. How did so you How like, did you adjust? Um, it was hard at first. The first uh-huh. year was kind of hard because I was kind of like, like the first few months I had to go with my go back to my parents because I didn't have any have yeah. anything set up yet. Yeah. So it was kind of hard. It's kind of like, oh man, I'm back home. But my parents were still trying to control me, kind of deal. Like I was thinking, I was, I was 24 at that time, yeah. and I started college, and they would ask me like, "Oh, you're, where are you going? <laughs> what are you doing?" And I'm like, "I was like, I was gone for six years. You're, why are you asking me? Like, I'm a, I'm an adult. I'm 24." I remember my dad was like calling me like three in the afternoon, and it's like, "Hey, where are you at?" It's like, "I mean, school." <laughs> it's like, like I'm 24, like. I could do whatever. I'm an adult. I've been so that first year was kind of like a struggle because like I was independent, um, and all of a sudden I'm back with my parents. And then I moved out, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so until when I found my apartment, and then I moved in a room roommate, and he was like 18, <laughs> and I was 24, <laughs> and I'm like I'm starting college. I'm a freshman. Yeah, four year old freshman, and I'm going into these classes. And they're all like teeny boppers, 17, like 18 year olds. And I'm like the oldest person there. They don't know anything about life. No, they don't know anything about life. So I kind of, I was kind of like, like, I was kind of glad I was into the military because I like, I was more experienced. I was more, you know, yeah. more into, uh, more inclined to like finish my college. Yeah. Cause like, like, oh man, they gave me all this money. I, I better finish college. Yeah. And, like I need to pay attention because you know I'm not gonna waste all this money. You know, like I just spent six years, uh, out into in the military world, and I don't want to like mess it up in college. So I I was in a different mindset. Did uh, I just want to ask this? Um, you just did the military thing. And you're going back to this super small town, essentially, with all these babies that are getting out into the real world did like did it did it ever get frustrating with like the worth ethics of these civilians or like the maturity of the civilians did that ever get to you mm. or were you just doing your own thing i think i was mostly doing my own thing but i think a lot of them would like look up to me yeah because <laughs> like oh well he's the older guy like he's more experienced um so i kind of got a little bit more like they kind of respected me like yeah teachers students there when they found out I was in the military I kind of get I got I got more respected and more like people like people would be like oh wow you're in the military before and um like I didn't get that kind of uh like I don't think I would felt the same if I if I went straight from high school to college oh yeah like I would have been like lost and like I don't know what to do with my life but I kind of felt more like like I have a purpose I got to finish these yeah uh, these these school years i don't want to be messing messing did it you, up did you feel like you went about it the right way as far as doing the military thing first and then going to college or is, do you think you could have gotten through college without doing the military thing no i think no i don't have any regrets regrets going to military first yeah because i think it helped me prepare to college yeah because if i went to college first i don't think i'd ever go back go to the military <laughs> yeah well yeah because um, the military kind of it helped me prepare, and it kind of yeah it 
I was when I got out, I was I was a lot more mature than yeah. all these all these students coming in, and more uh more interested in into the subject in the yeah. subject. Um, then you know all these. I'm not saying anything bad about them, but a lot of them were very indecisive, like I was in high school. Well, they're and, they're they're following the the structure that was laid out where you're supposed to go to high school and then you're supposed to go to college and then you're supposed, yeah. you know. So they're they're just following the the, the plan that was set before them for generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let me ask you this. Say you didn't join the Navy and you went straight to college, would you have reached the same point you are now that way? Or do you think life would be completely different for you? No, I think my life would be different. Okay. Um, Because the military kind of broke me out of my shell. Yeah. Um, I think if I continue, if I went straight from from high school to college, I, I, I probably wouldn't have changed as much. Yeah. Because like, I didn't have a perspective. You know, I, I hadn't been around the world or anything like that, or I haven't met. I, I would have been stuck in that small, yeah. uh, that small, uh, small town. Yeah. And with with the military, it gave me a lot of experiences and like insight. Yeah. Uh, and understanding understanding about you know people around the world and the the, the diversity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I probably yeah. I mean, I wouldn't change it if if I had a, if I had a time machine, I probably wouldn't. I would just do it all over again. <laughs> like, um. So, what did you end up doing with your college? Uh, so I went to yeah, I went I went to school for like seven years. <laughs> you're about the you're same. a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yeah, seven years. That was like six years, maybe then seven years. So it was just I went, I experienced both sides. Yeah. Like. Like all college, I I did the college life. I mean, I wasn't like, oh yeah, stranded books. I mean, I partied too and all yeah. that stuff. I showed them like, oh, Navy people, we we party, we <laughs> to party, we can relax, we don't want to be uptight about everything. Yeah. Uh, so I did that for, yeah, I was in college for seven years, and then, um, the Van, I, the Van Wilder college experience. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, no, I was the older guy. <laughs> that was like oh you're in the navy you, you know you, you know how to party and um yeah oh when i was in there i started doing uh i don't know how i got oh yeah i got into it i got into uh fitness yeah more into fitness and i started doing more group fitness uh-huh. uh instruction and i got a job at the at fresno state as a, a fitness instructor and yeah. i did that for for like six seven years so how'd you get into yeah, how'd you get into fitness? Uh, that role and lifestyle, like what what happened? Into that role. Okay, I remember. <laughs> I remember when I was like about to leave the military. Uh-huh. I was looking at the catalog of Fresno State. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do math. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't want to do English. <laughs> I don't want to do. I don't want to do arts. <laughs> I'm tired of drawing. Uh-huh. And I see kinesiology. I'm like kinesiology, uh-huh. and I look at it. It's basically, you know, fitness. Yeah. Fitness and movement. And I'm like, Body. oh well, yeah. It's like, like I like to stay active. Like I like I like learning about you know the science about, uh, science about the body. And I'm like, okay, I'll just do that. <laughs> and when I started doing the, uh, 
I don't know how I got the job. I think, I, oh yeah, I started Fresno State in my freshman year and I went to the gym there, the main gym. And I started to talk to this this guy saying like, oh, you should, you should, uh, you should do a fitness class this year or something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll try it out. I want to do something out of the norm. Like back then, you know, you, you want, most people would be like, well, you, you teach fitness classes. Like you were a shy dude in high school and yeah. you're, like, le- you're leading people <laughs> in a fitness class and you have to like yell and motivate people and it was just a different experience so I kind of just took the leap yeah and signed up to be a fitness instructor and I I just liked it I started with the dance fitness program first and I went to like uh cycling and then kickboxing and then uh resistance training yeah uh so I did that first yeah during that time I was in school and I loved it because I got to help people during that time yeah. with their fitness goals. And I kind of like, oh, I, I, like, I like doing this because I'm helping people and I'm teaching people. And, yeah. and it, it helped me get out, of, get out of my shell more. Yeah. So that's what I did for while I was in college. So, so I'll, obviously, I know you as a, like an artistic person. Obviously, you did that model, the Taj Mahal, when we were when we were in <laughs> high school, and I I recall you like drawing and notepads and and this and that. Yeah. And now, just through like the Instagrams and everything, I know that you like to dance. You're a fitness instructor. I know you got some photography out there. Yeah, I do. Right. Um, tell me about your how you got into dancing uh dancing it, it was through the fitness programs uh-huh. so like, like i said it was the, it was the first that was, that was the first program i was trained in uh in college and so that's how i started getting into like professionally getting like getting yeah. into the dance scene yeah like before then i would just dance in clubs or yeah. you know in the, in the Navy, and I thought it was just fun and all that stuff, but when I actually started doing it and getting paid for it, I was like, oh, well, this is pretty cool. I'm getting paid for something that's fun, and I started doing all these other ex- uh, other uh, exercises and or exercise uh, programs, and I started liking that, and not until maybe when I left college, uh, I, I my first job after college was uh, – what's it called a physical as, as a physical physical education specialist yeah uh, so that was my first job after college and they let me run the run the programs there and it was like programs for uh for a school district yeah a fitness program so i started doing that and people were like i like the dance program you're doing uh-huh so I kept doing the dance program. So basically what I was doing in in college, I was doing out in the commu- community. Yeah. And I started doing that for a couple of years. And after that, I got I got a job with uh with the school district. And then I got with that school district. And I got known for like just dancing. Yeah. And then from there on, I got picked up, uh, you know, by Fresno, uh, Fresno City, Fresno City College and Fresno State. And they asked me if uh, they could, if I could like help teach the programs, the dance programs there. And 
that just expanded and blew up. And during that whole time, I was doing quinceañeras. Yeah, I was that's doing flash mobs and all that stuff. And, and, you know, everyone came through me and, like, you're the dance guy, basically, yeah. of the valley. <laughs> can, you, <laughs> can you do this dance for me? And that's, that's how it exploded. Uh, yeah, and perfect, because that segues into my next question. Uh, talk to me how you got into the, was it flash mobs? That, the flash is that the term? Yeah. Yeah. How did you get mode. into that scene? Uh, it was actually the first, the second year of college. It's yeah. when I started that, when the fitness program, uh, the dance fitness program, I got into it. And then at first it was like a, a regular program that was, it, it's through the Les Mills program. <clears throat> it's a program that, uh, you know, uh, that they do world, worldwide, worldwide. Uh, they let me do that for a little bit and then they decided I could just have my own program. Yeah. So I developed my own dance program and that became really popular. Yeah. It was like the, it was like one of the most popular uh, fitness classes ever, uh, Fresno State for like the next six years. And one of the, one of the students came up to me, he's like, why don't you do a flash mob? I'm like, it's like a flash mob. And she's like, you're basically dancing with a bunch of people and you're teaching us to dance. All you got to do is do it in public. And I'm yeah. like, what? Um, and I'm like, I was scared. I'm like, I'm not going to dance in public. <laughs> like, that's, that's even more that's scarier than, like, it took me a while just to teach in front of you guys, yeah. like, a group of strangers. And you want me to dance in a group, you know, outside in front of people. And, you know, me, I was just kind of like, whatever, let's do this. Because I wanted to be, I wanted to push, put myself out there more. And so, my first flash mob was was on campus and it was in front of like I think it was like hundreds of people. Wow. Out out in the middle of uh I've seen the videos. Yeah, that was the that was the biggest one. Um and we got on the news and all that stuff. I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Like I've never danced in public before and <laughs> and from there on I I know I've done twenty two flash mobs since 22? then. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Did do do is it like is it exciting? Like, do you feel it the rush or something when you do them? It's pretty fun because like you get out there and like you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Like I've had some bad flash mobs, but most of them are pretty good. Like I think it's that rush because you're like you're doing something that no one really. It takes it takes a lot of courage just to go out. Yeah, and just dance in front of people, and you never, you don't know if you're gonna trip or fall. Like I've yeah. almost tripped and fall a bunch of times, or you know, you don't know if the crowd's gonna like it, and I don't know. It's just, I guess it's more of the the thrill. <laughs> what, what can you quickly go over what how, what goes into planning a flash mob? Like how involved? What kind of? Oh stuff? my gosh, it depends on the flash mob, but it takes a lot of planning. A lot of people don't. Think there's a lot to to it and no, many, it, yeah logistically many, it sounds like it's terrible <laughs> oh yeah it's it takes a lot of planning like a lot of people that try to do flash mobs or try to imitate the flash mobs i did they kind of fail yeah i'm not saying bad anything about them but like you have to to be to have a successful flash mob you have to put in a lot of work like you have to you have to put a lot of work into the people that are, are that are going to perform because you're going to be you have to because um, you have to have practices every yeah, week. Yeah. You have to you have to keep them together. You're gonna have to you have to find a way to keep them committed. Yeah. 
because during all this work, you have to convince them like you're doing all this work for this minute dance or yeah. just for, you're spending hours a week just to showcase this one moment in time <laughs> for only a few minutes. And so it's, it's a lot of work on me because I have to like convince them like, oh yeah, this is going to be just great. And then, and then you have to coordinate like, oh, what time is it's kind of like planning a wedding, yeah. basically. And and weddings could be an unpredictable, predictable. Um, so you gotta like think about all the what could happen and what couldn't happen. <laughs> um, so how do you get? What what would you say the average flash mob size is? One of your flash mob size. The average is only a, probably like ten. Um, the ten? biggest one I had sixty. Yeah. Uh, but my most successful one was five. Oh, really? Yeah, five, I think five was. And we, we, we basically got known around California. Um, yeah, I remember seeing those videos, yeah. Yeah, it was a wedding flash mob. And that was the smallest flash mob I had. Um, it's not about, like, how many people you yeah. have, because it's about, like, creating this, this, this moment. Like, even though if it's just one or two people... You can have a thousand people, but if they're all out of sync or if they're like not into it or there's just no meaning behind the flash mob, yeah. just kind of people just blow it off. But that's why you have to put a lot of thought behind the flash mob. Like, all right, right before, right before the, the the actual dance takes place, like, how do you tell people to integrate themselves into the public? Is there any direction <laughs> for that? I just basically tell them, well, I basically tell them, just pretend that you're, you don't know, like, just yeah. act like it's normal. Like, don't talk to anyone. And I've, I've had, had people just, like, completely look obvious, like, oh, my gosh, like, they're waiting for something. And I would just tell them, like, mm, chew them away. And um, I just tell them to act normal, spread out, uh, wait for my cue. And up to that, like, the first, the, the minutes I go uh the minutes right before it starts i'm like so nervous my yeah. heart's beating and like they're all waiting for me for that cue like all of that work all those months of practicing they're <laughs> waiting for that one that cue for me to start the show i usually start the show but uh what is the uh, cue the cue is like base most of the time the cue is just me walking out there by myself <laughs> and that takes a lot of courage it's uh walk out there by yourself and start dancing in front of strangers yeah that's <laughs> fucking nerve-wracking man it is uh like, <laughs> i fucking love this um <laughs> tell me how did you get into the quinceanera scene and for those oh. that don't know the quinceanera is basically the mexican sweet 16 but it's celebrated at age 15 mm-hmm um again it was all through a dance program yeah so another student came up to me <laughs> and said like my brother owns a quinceanera dance studio okay <laughs> can you teach a quinceanera and i'm like oh okay so um i started i started doing a quinceanera for them at a dance studio and it kind of snowballed from there they they saw my work and they started sending me to other uh quinceaneras yeah and for the next I guess nine, eight years. They they kept sending me the different kids. Wow, eight years, really? 
yeah it's, so, it's been a while so i've been in two cincinnatus so and and <laughs> so i know the the coordinator there the the dance coordinator and so like man i would have never thought in a million years that you would be one of those guys <laughs> i know and you did it for eight years mm-hmm. and you enjoyed it i'm assuming if you did it for that long yeah yeah i mean it's it's a uh, it's it was different because I mean I started teaching teenagers, you know, yeah. dance, and that was actually the first time I started working with kids. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh man, I don't... yeah, because I've never worked with kids before. I was in the military, and I go to college, and I start working with kids. I'm like, uh, oh, this is the first time I'm ever doing this. Can Can you talk to me about your creative process when you're coming up with a a quinceanera routine? A flash mob routine and then say like one of your instructions for like kids for the the school system what's what's your creative process for each of those um if you have process how do you come My, up they really uh i really just talk to them first uh-huh. and see what their what their vision is and i kind of just go off from there uh and i try to if it's a flash mob, I try to go for the wow factor. Okay. Um, something that kicks people off guard. And like for a quinceanera, um, it it varies because sometimes I'll have a group of group of kids that don't know how to dance at yeah. all, or I'll have I'll, I'll, like a... I'll be part of that group, <laughs> <laughs> or I was or part of that group, <laughs> or I'll have a group that's like a like a group of cheerleaders that like know how to do flips in the air oh my god this is easy uh, <laughs> but uh my go my career process for that is just it's not more for the for them it's not more for the audience it's more for them okay. like i want to make them feel like they're superstars yeah because a lot of people i mean a lot of people uh that do quinceanera say they never danced before they don't have little experience so i try to kind of let them know like you if they're uh that they can be good dancers too like like don't worry about what people think like you just gotta worry about yourself because they're not like me it took me years to get in front of people doing you know i mean just to start dancing in front of people they're dancing in front of their friends family and all that so i try to build their self-confidence okay um with that part for kids and the same thing goes with my school district uh and at Fresno City and Fresno State, like, I'll, I get a lot of students that are just, like, shy like me, and I see myself in them, yeah. and I'm like, I used to be in your shoes before, yeah. and I want you to get out of the show. Like, dancing is just, dance is not just for the best people in the world. It's for, it's for everybody. Yeah. Like, I gotta, I, I, I try to build confidence that way, and once, once they start liking that, like, it makes the process a lot easier to, uh, to create a dance for them how, how do you how do you figure out what type of movements you want to incorporate into your dances it depends what they ask like uh for quinceaneras i i have to ask the parents first of course um some no, they, no twerking and <laughs> some, some parents are like i want twerking i don't oh, want everything yeah and i'm like oh okay that's fine like i'll do that but other times they're like very conservative like i i just want spanish music 
I want them traditional, you know, traditional Mexican dancing yeah. or whatever, or, you know, traditional dancing. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. So I go with the parents, like what, what they go for, they go to first. If they don't care, I basically what the kids want. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? Um, I'm sorry, I got lost track. What was the question? Uh, like, how do you, what, how do you choose what kind of movements to incorporate? Oh, the movements. Yeah. Um, and it, it depends on the style too. Yeah. So, a lot of my moves are based on like hip hop or, uh, like popping or, uh, I don't have I don't really have a lot of training in like the the more structured dances like ballet or anything yeah. like that. So, most of the moves that come from like popular moves or like people, I guess like the cool the cool moves that people want incorporate into her dance yeah. or routines so i try to do something that's fun that's how i pick the like i don't try to pick any moves that are like oh man that's boring uh, i like cool moves or like fancy or flashy moves yeah can you do you have a specific style like that you could call like like there's break dancing there's popping mm-hmm. you know do you have a style or are you trying to like a more just a basic hip-hop style um I'm trying to learn more styles because I, I learned salsa. I was a, I was in a salsa club for two years at, for the state. So I kind of incorporate, I try to incorporate different. I, I'm not, I don't say I'm like part of one style. I'm yeah. kind of like my own style, I guess. So I incorporate all the, you know, the waving, popping, gliding. Yeah. Um, salsa, I even put Latin moves there. I put dance hall in there. Um, I just a mixture of stuff. Um, so I can't, you can't really pinpoint what style I have. Yeah. It's just more my own style. Are there any dancers that influence you? Or uh, any, yeah, any, any YouTubers you follow or any, any of that? The biggest uh, influencer was uh, like when I was in the Navy was uh, Usher and uh, okay. Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I don't think I'm really going to start dancing for those two. Cause when they started, when I when the Navy, when I started going to the clubs, like man, I need to learn how to dance. Yeah. So I would watch like a bunch of Usher videos or <laughs> uh, Michael Jackson move moves, and I would get. I think my first when I first learned how to dance was doing the the gliding. Yeah. Like you know where you're floating on the ground, and I yeah. thought it was really cool. Um. So I started doing that, and so they were they were my two biggest influences. Awesome. Uh, what's your opinion on TikTok? <laughs> like, are you looking for po- something positive or negative? I, I don't care. I'll, I'll take negative <laughs> shit on TikTok. Well, I, actually, I actually, uh, I actually like TikTok. Yeah. Um, at first, you know, I only got into TikTok maybe like last year. It's when yeah. the kids started getting to it. Um, and I was teaching it. Or I teach at two dance, uh, another dance studio for competition hip hop, uh-huh. and those those little kids were talking about TikTok test, TikTok that, TikTok this. Yeah. Let's do this dance, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yes, stop doing these cheesy, uh, cheesy little kids dances. Like, learn some real dancing. And <laughs> and I said, you don't have a TikTok, uh, like, so I find. They kind of peer pressured me, and I'm like, oh, oh, I guess I'll look at it. And I looked at TikTok. At first, I was like, 
this is stupid. This yeah. is stupid. And then I started getting, and I started, and I started seeing like funny videos, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. And it was kind of, it kind of reminded me of Vine. Yeah. Or, um, those short, uh, short funny videos, and I started looking at dances, um, and I started seeing like, whoa, all these, all these dancers that are getting like millions of views are doing super simple moves. Yeah. And then I noticed like all the great dancers are like, like you know the like legit dancers like have barely, like few views, and I'm like, this is wrong. Yeah. Like, why are all these good dancers not getting as many views as these simple you know these dancers that aren't um, that aren't like really trained in dancing? And that that's one of my <laughs> biggest pet peeves. I was about gonna TikTok. ask why? How come all the dancers on TikTok they're like they're like half into the moves like. Other yeah. other limbs are like limp, and like, <laughs> why is that a thing? <laughs> uh, I think limp. Uh, I mean, you know about the like the kids in there when they're yeah, like, they're just like they're doing the dances, but it's like half ass. Oh yeah, you know, they're just, and they're just like uh, they're like it's like they're kind of into it. Obviously. Yeah, I see that. Um, I think. I don't know. I think I think I think they're just trying to get get their um get popular on there somehow. Yeah. So all these uh all these dancers are doing simple dances. Um I don't think they realize that they're doing it badly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like I have the same kids in my class that are yeah. on TikTok and I think it was just equivalent to like when we were little and we we're just trying to do uh or just trying to impress our friends. Like, or, look at me, look at me. Yeah, look at me. Like, oh man, like I'm doing something cool that this person did. Watch me um, do a cartwheel. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then you do like a shitty cartwheel. So that's that's what I think. Like, <laughs> they're not really they're not really trying to trying to look like legit dancers. Just trying to impress people or try to get likes, more likes than. The... What What are your top three favorite? movies based on dancing i actually have three <laughs> <laughs> okay they're cheesy movies okay. one of them better be bring it on <laughs> bring it on i mean i do actually like that movie yeah, but it's not my top it's not my top three <laughs> but uh uh bring it on because it's 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 I just like the plot, the story. It's just funny. I just say um, bring it on because on my my I think it was my first deployment. For some reason, whenever bring it on would come on, the burping uh, was packed and everybody would watch it. Really? Would watch it <laughs> six times a week, and every really? time it was on, burping was packed. It was oh for God. whatever reason. It was our deployment movie. <laughs> really? That's yeah. funny. I don't think uh, I don't think bringing on was a big thing on our show, <laughs> <laughs> but um, my number one movie was Step Up, Step Up Two, because I actually met the lead. Yeah, yeah, I, that was my favorite movie. Um, um, because I think Step Up Two came up when I was in the Navy, and it was just oh, flashy moves, dancing, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, um, do you remember that movie? Yeah, uh, uh, the rain, the rain dance. No, I don't actually. 
if you look it up there's like this famous rain dance when they're like in they're like in the the streets yeah. and it's pouring rain yeah, and they're just yeah, like I know, I know what you're talking about yeah and that kind of like whoa this is the great this is the coolest movie ever and i actually got to meet the guy a few years later at yeah. Fresno city college because he came to um to, to teach us and that was my favorite movie for the longest time um uh my other movie was just recent it was um what's it called it was on netflix beat uh it's a it's not a kitty movie it's like a disney movie uh let me look. and it's about uh it's about this girl that comes comes from uh broadway and she's like into ballet and then she comes back to her hometown <laughs> this sounds funny but she, she goes back to her hometown because she he messed she messed up big in new york oh, yeah, it was in new york she messed up big in new york yeah. with one of the directors so she went back home and she went to uh to, oh, this is funny maybe that's why i like this movie because they train he, she trains a bunch of little kids <laughs> for a competition <laughs> and these the kids don't know how to dance yeah like they suck like they have the like the nerd they have the you know the like all the different characters and they're all bad dancers and she basically trains them into like great dancers and they actually go to a competition they win and so i think that i like that movie a lot because i guess it kind of represents what i do it's your life (laughs) yeah yeah, basically my life so like i'm going to be a broadway dancer and bam yeah now i'm teaching little kids um and then i think the third movie was uh Was it third movie? Maybe there wasn't a third movie. Where were you at on Footloose? Oh, Footloose. See, I really didn't get in too much into Footloose. <laughs> I think it was just, I, th- I think it wasn't my style. Like my style uh, dance movie, yeah. I guess. Because I was more into like the flashy dance movies. Well... Dude, I, I, I was wanting to talk to you about this stuff for like the longest time, so I'm glad that I got the opportunity. But now, now I want to kind of bring it back a little bit, and I want to ask you, what is your, your definition of success? My de- definition of success? Yeah. Um, my definition of success is if you you fail a hundred times and you make it once then you succeeded because that's happened to me a lot like you fail you keep failing keep failing failing and and when you finally succeed or you actually like win or you know finally reach your goal it's just that feeling um that's what that's what i that's why i see that's why i think success is like you never you never give up on what your goal what about reflecting on your past experiences and and where you currently are in life right now are you still reaching for a certain form of success or do you feel successful in what you've accomplished so far i've uh i mean everything i've done so far has been an accomplishment yeah like i i like I'm proud of everything I've done, and like I, I, I still have a lot to. Um, I still have. A, I think I still have a lot to accomplish still in life. 
Uh, and I'm still, I think I'm just still like in the middle of it. Like I don't, yeah. I'm not at the end yet. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things I still want to do in the future and I'm kind of building up towards that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Right now I'm like working at a couple colleges right now. I'm only part-time, but I think my future goal is to be full-time. Yeah. At one of their, or one of the colleges in the U.S. somewhere. Um, I like to ask this question, and and, and you, you may not realize it now, or just depending on your personal view of success, if you consider successful right now, or if you're if there's a certain form of success you're you're looking at. But um, I like to bring this up. Uh, one of my favorite favorite artists is. Todd McFarlane, he's a comic book artist, and uh, he he did this interview with Complex Magazine, and they they interviewed him about his success. And like along the interview, like every time he said something profound or something, they would write it as like a step one, you know, type of thing. And one of the steps to success, he said, is you have to be lucky. And then he goes on to explain that he created this uh, this toy industry out of nothing, and that he was at the New York Toy Fair one year, and he had this 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 small booth in this far away corner, and like the the purchaser for uh, Toys R Us or something uh, walked into that room, and the purchaser didn't know anything about Todd McFarlane or any of his businesses, but he had an assistant with him. And this assist, this assistant was a big fan of Todd McFarlane and his comic books, and because his so, so assistant was there to talk into the ear, the the purchaser for Toys R Us purchased some of the rights to his toys or whatever for them to sell there, and he said, "If I was lucky that that guy was there at that moment when I was there, and because of that guy being at that moment, I was able to launch this huge successful toy business." Thinking back on your life so far, is there anything that you feel like you were super lucky and fortunate to have happen to get to where you're at now? Oh yeah, there was plenty of times where I was lucky. Um, so many times. Uh, just like, it happens a lot with my dancing stuff. Like, yeah, I remember uh, my the, the flashback I was talking about, the, the most successful one I had, uh, the wedding proposal one. Um, that was by luck. Like the person that went to contact contact he would just he was from porterville like 45 minutes away and he wanted to do a flash mob and he caught he contacts one of the professors at fresno state yeah and but he had he he was given because her daughter i guess went there or something like that daughter or niece and then she gives him two names it was like well this professor this professor and it was these two women like they were they were in they're a dance professor at Fresno State, and they're like, "Oh, I don't like." It's like I don't like this person's name, but I don't like this person's name. So he picks that that person's name, which happened to be my professor at the time, and she's like, "I'll do." I was like, "I'll talk to this person." Oh, uh, <laughs> she talks to, just because the name. Yeah. Like, oh, this name. So I'll pick that person, and then, and my professor talks to me. It's like. Like you're the one, you're the only person I know that's probably be good at this flash mob. And I'm like, oh, I have never done a wedding flash mob before. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess I'll try. Um, so, and that kind of helped me 
uh, help my, uh, I guess, my popularity yeah. in the dance community because I got known for that, for yeah. that one, that one, that big flash mob. Uh, that was just one incident. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. that was like lucky, like, oh my gosh, I don't know. If she had talked to that other person, I would have got that job. So when you put it that way, do you think luck has, however you feel about luck, luck does play a part in people's success? I think it does, um, to an extent. To um, an extent. Yeah. Um, I think it's just what you do with that luck. Like, something lucky can happen to you. It's just yeah. like... Capitalize. Yeah, it's like, are you going to go for it or you're not, are you going to do So. Now, I'd like, I'd like to also bring it back to that, just in case there's sailors or other service members that get to this the the point of re-enlistment we all get to that point it's that obviously at the end of our contract and i i have a big problem with veterans that make decisions based on fear and what i what i mean by that is like you know how scary it was to thinking about leaving the navy and going back out into the real world you know wondering if you're going to make it or not i had the same fears when I got to that point and then the fear is so strong and some people I feel like that they'll take whatever orders are given to them uh, and then yeah. their next enlistment like I see on Facebook all the time is like uh the, the military sucks I had to do duty section I had to go on yeah. another deployment like you knew all yeah. that was coming when you signed the paper twice this year second time third time or whatever yeah. Is there any advice you could give to service members that are at that point of their career? Um, at that point, I just, oh, the biggest thing is like, at that point is really is like, are you happy of where you're at right now? Yeah. Because if you're not happy, I guess like any other job. Like if the answer like, is no, like how do you convince them? not to sign on for those extra four to six years? Uh, I would say, like, if money wasn't, if he's, like, if there was no money, yeah. if, if they did not give you any money, enlist the money, like, right off, right, right off the bat, would you re-enlist or would you leave? That's the thing. A lot of it is money-driven. Yeah. Like, they see, that's money, they see the dollars and, like, oh, man, of course I'll, I'll come in. If you take that away from them and say, like, hey, really think about it, if, if it wasn't for the money, would you, um, would you stay in or not? Yeah. And most people that, you know, will say like, oh, probably not. Cause that's how they, I, I think yeah. that's how, how they entice you to stay. Well, um, uh, is there any advice you could offer to somebody to take a chance on the outside world? Like try the college route or try a trade or, oh, or actually, uh, I actually met, I met a person that in the in the military that went that started in one branch, yeah, left the military and then went back into a different branch. Yeah. So like when they were in the civilian world, they said like oh, it didn't cut out for them. Like I need to go back into the military lifestyle. Yeah. Um. Uh, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> like, are there any advice you could? get someone to like make that leap of faith of transitioning out of the 
Oh, out into, out into civilian world. Yeah, out into the civilian world. Uh, to take that leap, mm, it just depends what's if they have anything uh, passionate they want to pursue in yeah. the civilian world. So if 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 that person has a passion, like or like or a plan at least, if they have a plan of what they want to do in the civilian world, I would say go out into the civilian world. Like be prepared to go in the civilian world. Just don't just don't just uh don't just quit and just like let life happen. Yeah. Like it's a big change. If you're going to the civilian world is is a big change. Like if you're going if you're seriously deciding or debating if you want to go to civilian world, you have to um you have to plan for it. You have to um oh whatever you're pursuing you have to be passionate about. Like yeah. me, I was kinda like, I'm gonna go back to college. And a part of me wanted to stay in the military, but I was like, no, I, I really, I was set in the beginning. I wanted to go back to college. Like I wanted to just take a break, see the world and go back to college. Yeah. And that was my plan, like for the uh, most part in while I was in the Navy. So I kind of stuck with that. Like I already thought about this. I'm going to go, go back and yeah. back to college. So it just depends what, uh, if they're motivated enough to go. Yeah. Well said. Once again, I want to thank you for jumping on the podcast. Like, I was super interested in talking with you just because you came from the same point, but our fucking paths went in completely different directions. And I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. And I'm sorry for not uh, keeping in touch with you, but I'm just terrible. Oh, that was funny. Uh, But um, before I end the podcast, I like to answer, uh, I like to ask, just a few fun questions just because i feel like these questions helps me get into like what kind of mindset you are right now and we kind of did this earlier but uh these are the, the the questions i like to ask all my my guests if you could uh choose three songs or albums to listen to to recommend to listen to what would they be three songs or, yeah, or, or albums. albums yeah Ooh. That's a tough one. <laughs> That's a lot of songs. Yeah. Um, just to recommend to anybody? Yeah, to anybody. Any genre, for whatever reason. Just the three songs that come to your head. Or <laughs> albums. Mm, I mean, like, Usher, of course, one of them. <laughs> one of his albums, because that, that was... that was, It just reminds me of a time where everything was just cool and, you know... Like it was just for me at least it was like what, what was the um the one he did with Ludacris? Uh, yeah or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was just yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, yeah. <laughs> that, was the, that was the jam when I was in the Navy. Dude, like, that, that, that was the what? summer anthem. My first my first uh underway to see went to Mayport and Okay. And we went to the, all the clubs and shit out there, and that was the fucking anthem of that year. Yeah, song. I I think that's what got me into Usher. I was like, oh, this is... <laughs> yeah, because that album, oh, that set the tone for that that um that I guess that that those years I was in. Um, and a lot of people, I don't, a lot of people don't really listen to Usher anymore. Yeah. So I don't really understand. Like, to me, it's like smooth. It's like it's cool in that era. Today's music like rap or R&B is just more like trap music or just yeah. loud music or just 
<laughs> words that don't make <laughs> doesn't make like, sense at nothing, all. There's nothing controversial about Usher. Like he's not like on the R. Kelly fucking. Oh yeah, that's it. It's just more about like oh you know I think uh, I also like the album because you know it's just about you know uh being cool with people like talking to girls and you know all that. So that's one album. <laughs> um, I guess the other. I don't want Michael Jackson, of course. Yeah. Michael Jackson, because that's just that's like king of pop right there. Yeah. Like, I think every every kid should at least know a <laughs> Michael Jackson song, because they have to know where you know a lot of his a lot of popular songs and or dances are just based off, you know, Michael Jackson. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that one. Um, and third one, I'm gonna flip it and say. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if this is very cheesy, but I I I listened to the Backstreet Boys <laughs> high school. That's nostalgia, though. That's not. But um, I li- I'll listen to Justin Timber. Like, oh, Justin Timberlake's one of the yeah. like. I think his music is fucking amazing. Yeah, no, he's one of my other influences. I forgot because yeah. uh, when he did. Uh, I forget what the album was, but he had one album that was really, really popular. Yeah. It had Tim it had Timbaland in it. Yeah, probably, uh, I can't think of the name right now, but I know you're it's, talking about. Yeah, with with uh and there was another song with Janet Jackson and all that stuff. It was that album. Yeah. That was like one of my favorite Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I'll fucking I'll, I'll listen to JT. <laughs> yeah, he makes good music. Uh are you a big book reader? Uh, I used to when uh, when I was in high school. I just like to ask three books as well, but some people oh, three aren't, aren't big book readers. Yeah, I kind of stopped when I started getting to the digital age. <laughs> like <laughs> I started just reading stuff off my phone, but like before then, I would just read like like mystery books or like Dan Brown or um uh all those the the more popular books. So, but I haven't really read a yeah. novel in a while. <laughs> more, more how-to books. Well, well, AJ, um, I'm glad we were finally able to lock down the time to talk, and I, I do appreciate you sitting down and talking with me. It was a super fascinating conversation and one that I wanted to have for a long time. But thanks again. Is there... Do you have any social media you want to plug or anything like that? I don't know how big you are on the social media scene. Mm, I mean, I just have yeah, just I, I don't Instagram know if, and stuff. Yeah, I don't know how far <laughs> if that's a, if you're trying to make a public profile or something like that. Oh, I mean, those are my public profile. Yeah, yeah. Instagram right. and Facebook. How about those? So. Are, are those Flash uh, mob videos up on YouTube or anything? Uh, a, f- a few of them are. Well, what are some search words that, that people could? Uh, I think you put AJ. Oh, let me. I think it's AJ Quest or something. I should know this. It's my <laughs> it's my channel. Because uh, they're they are really cool videos and. Oh, it's just uh, it's just AJBL eighty four. AJBL eighty four. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, all right. I'm just gonna go ahead and end the podcast, but just stay on the line.